it appears to me that we are going through another seismic shift in how we are consuming media. Hey, it's Michael. This is the human condition. You know, it occurred to me that the media consumption is shifting again. Not too long ago, we were all about short form content, instant gratification, Instagramming it, right? Getting it quick to our fingertips and making sure that we have a mini story to tell or a picture to point at for those who we think are interested in similar or the same content as we are. However, it seems that the narrative is shifting. So here's the interesting idea. When you think through time, if you will, through the history of human development, we have developed through telling stories, not just from a Darwinian type of evolutionary development, but how we developed a society, we developed through telling stories. Now we painted on caves and we told stories by putting little stick fingers or stick figures on the wall and show that they killed a buffalo or built a house or interacted with one another and it told a story. Now, granted, the story was left to the interpretation of those who actually looked at the wall and then decided, okay, this is what I'm perceiving. And that's all good and fine. The idea behind it is that they created their own narrative, talked to somebody else, and the story was perpetuated. This has sort of changed, obviously, over thousands of years. We have started to tell longer stories. We started to converse. Gutenberg started to print the Bible. We were able, actually able then to take the written word, the long-form word, and standardize it by printing it. The invention of the book. Fast forward even more years now. We have Instagram. We regressed. We, go back, we went back to cave drawings, right? We just took a picture in this case. Instead of painting it on the cave, we painted it with a lens onto our phones, uploading it to the interwebs for everybody to see. So the, essentially the story, the painting itself, was still a very short narrative, similar to the painting on the, on the cave on the wall. But at the same time, it's left up to the interpretation of the onlooker to see what they to say, what they are seeing, to interpret what they are seeing. Naturally, we have some more ability to write a little narrative to our photo that we've taken. But at the end of the day, we cannot ever say enough because the character limitations in Instagram essentially push you to shoot a meaningful photo. The meaningful photo is then creating the narrative for the onlooker. The onlooker talks to somebody else by pointing at your picture, by sharing it with other people. So far so good, none of this is news to you, particularly when you look behind the scenes, so to speak, of your consumption of any kind of, any kind of um, picture content, Instagram content, any kind of content that essentially does not go into long form. But now is the change. Here's the shift. The shift in part comes through podcasting. Just a couple of years ago, 5, 10, 15 years ago, in the realm of our lives, that's a short span of time, just a few years ago, Joe Rogan's long-form podcasts would have been absolutely unthinkable. He routinely goes over two, 
two and a half, sometimes into the three hour mark. I think three hours, so to speak, is his cap, if you will. I don't know if that's an artificially introduced, introduced cap or if he just runs out of things to talk about. But phenomenal stuff. It's just long form of him talking to other people. Then the other phenomenon, Jordan Peterson, the, I think nowadays almost household name, the infamous Dr. Jordan Peterson, a psychologist, clinical psychologist, University of Toronto, has made his mark in the media landscape by essentially talking about gender nouns and objecting to the variety of gender nouns, which there was a bill supposed to be passed in Canada. He objected to it from a philosophical and psychological sense and argumented against using that wide breadth of uh, of gender nouns. And I think I summarized this somewhat correctly. This threw him into somewhat of a bad boy uh, antagonist realm of things, of perceptions. However, what's uh, easily forgotten is that the man has an arsenal of verbiage at hand and the necessary education to boot that he will go basically toe-to-toe with anyone who wants to have an intellectual discussion. And therein lies the interesting perception now and finding, if you will, that the discussions that Jordan Peterson's, uh, Peterson puts forth are usually cut short by the interviewer, so anywhere in the 20 to 30 minute realm, because that's the only time that they have on networks, even in the longest form, usually networks go even shorter in the minute mark based on the availability of airtime. But then you go to YouTube and you look at Jordan Peterson's lectures. And I actually just dialed up one a few minutes ago. It's his perception on God, which surprisingly, as a scientist, he does believe in the existence of God, uh, which stands in stark contrast to what I believe in. And that has an entirely different reasoning, I suppose. Um, I'm not going to go into a lot of details as to why he believes uh, in God. And I'm also not going to go into a lot of detail as to why I do not. Uh, we are at odds on this. And I, I'm pretty sure that any conversation with Jordan Peterson, I would look intellectually rather naked and inept, but that's okay. He's leaps and bounds ahead of me. But what's interesting is, and the point that I'm trying to make here is that his lecture on God is two hours and three minutes uploaded to YouTube. And it's been watched over three million times. This is long form content. This is long form high level content. He starts with Nietzsche. He gets he gets into Dostoevsky and all kinds of literature greats and philosophical greats. And it's amazing to see that we are evidently going away from short form into intermediate or really long form content. Now, case in point to this would also be, for instance, the website Medium, medium.com, where people write about their perspectives, their views, their opinions. And routinely on Medium, you will find articles that go into several thousand words, well-crafted, well-written, of people who have written books, who have critiqued books, who have a voice in their respective industries. And it will take a half hour, perhaps an hour, or sometimes longer to read the entire piece. There's another blogger out there, which uh, I cannot recall the name right now. I do believe he was referenced by Tim Ferriss, who also has a long-form show, by the way. He may have even been a guest, but he routinely writes blogs that go into the 30 to 60 to 70,000 words. That, my friends, is an actual book. 
70,000 words plus is a book. And that's what this guy blogs with in terms of length of content. And people do pay attention. So this makes me wonder, and that is sort of the critical media consumer in me has sort of the perspective, if you will, that perhaps we are sick of short-form content. That what used to be rewarded, and I'm coming full circle here with YouTube, what used to be rewarded, the snappiness, the conciseness, the short form that YouTube used to reward, so basically anything that was under 10 minutes, they still monetized, has now been extended beyond 10 minutes. You will find a lot of videos on YouTube are 10 minutes and one second, uh, maybe 10 minutes and five seconds. I think Casey Neistat, one of the most prolific creators with 10 and a half million followers, is now creating videos uh, in still short form in the comparison to, for instance, H. Jordan Peterson with over two hours. Uh, Casey Neistat's videos are still anywhere between 10 and 15 minutes. And the reason behind that, as far as I understand, is that anything above 10 minutes can be monetized twice, so to speak, with a pre-roll and then an ad roll in between the content. So there is a monetization element that YouTube introduced where it becomes more attainable and more rewarding financially for the creator to produce longer form content. Now, when you then expand that onto 30 minutes or perhaps 45, 60, what have you, you can run more ads, therefore be more compensated. Now, the caveat, of course, is that now you truly you have to tell a story on storytelling. That's not easy. And I picked the wrong card. <laughs> that was for a podcast I'm producing. Here's the other card. Oh, yeah, that's the one I'm looking for, the base. In any way, the interesting thing, and I lost my train of thought with uh, the classical piece here. The interesting thing is when we look at the length of content and the difficulty of telling a story. Anything that can be packaged into three to five minutes, perhaps a tech review, a review of 10 minutes or perhaps 15 minutes, I still have something that I can talk about. Where it gets difficult is when you have to create and craft a narrative, when you have to tell a story, a story that is compelling, that is riveting, that draws you in and makes you want to stick around. Any which way you can go about this. And I want to reference uh, Solo, the movie that was just released, uh, produced with Nath National Geographic, I believe, about the climber Alex Honnold, who free soloed, free soloed meaning that really he soloed El Capitan and free meaning that he didn't have any ropes. That's a 3,000 foot vertical granite wall that doesn't really offer anything to hold on to. And somehow he managed this in just under four hours. And in the climbing world, I suppose he was already known beforehand. And through this just feat of immeasurable human ability, he has now slowly but surely become a household name. He, by the way, of course, was also now on Rogan. They talked about the movie. And the interesting thing is that would you ever have thought that a movie about climbing, about one person versus one rock wall, would be of interest enough that it draws people into the theaters? Generally, I would have said no. I watched uh, the little clips on YouTube with Red Bull and they have a couple of free climbers and they fell off and they fell in the water. Okay, uh, makes for a couple of minutes of interesting entertainment. But now they told a story, a story of sheer immeasurable ability, of determination, of years of planning, of a person who 
behaves like a mountain goat, if you will, just impossible to comprehend for me. I could never even remotely attempt such a, such a feat. And he just stuck to the wall, quite literally. This person was glued to the wall and in under four hours did something that has never been done before. That in itself, of course, is a story, but now you got to tell this with, with visuals, with music, with perspectives, with close-up shots, with wide angles, with a mix of everything. And it was masterfully crafted, masterfully to the degree that people who were sitting in the movie theater, which I tried to pay some attention to, even though I was immersed into the movie as well, we were all sitting there with hands sweating with, oh my God, please don't let this guy fall. But we still all knew the outcome because we knew in advance that the only way to make this movie, the only way that Honnold suddenly is slowly but surely becoming a household name, that he had to survive. So the story, the conclusion was foregone. Yet we still sat there, mesmerized, sweating hands, short of breath, holding our breath, scared, concerned and happy, some of us with tears in our eyes because the story was masterfully crafted. The same idea in a very rudimentary way because there are no visuals, there are no epic views, there are no drone shots, is when you look at Jordan Peterson's lecture, for instance, that I referenced earlier about the existence of God. It's, I think part one of a series of lectures. It's two hours plus, and it essentially shows Dr. Peterson standing on stage pontificating. What's interesting about it is, and he says that in the very beginning, is that the best way to learn is by talking about it, whatever it is in the context of what he's referencing or what anybody's referencing when we talk about it. He also says that while he is pontificating, he's actually thinking, he's developing and further expanding and immersing his own thought processes. So he has sort of an idea as to the direction in which he wants to go, and he certainly is prepared to give his lecture, but at the very same time, he evolves during the lecture, just in a very half-hazard way, if you will. The same way that I'm sitting here right now, I set out with an idea as to what I want to talk about, such as the shift from the instant gratification to long-form content. And the rest here is really free-flowing. Under normal circumstances, I may have some data points to present, but today is not such a day. Today is just really a stream of consciousness with a topic at hand. I'm telling some form of story. Whether it's interesting enough to still have you with me, I don't know. I can only tell you that this is what I'm thinking right now about the shift, the gravitas, if you will, from short-form instant gratification to long-form immersion, storytelling, becoming intellectually riveting to the point to which I know and want to know that I can make you think. Because therein lies the crux. Over the last, I would say, 10 years, perhaps 15 years, give or take, with the advent of the immersion of social media, we want to get content or want it, perhaps, to get content fast, to be able to check in and check out within lightning speed at the tip of our fingers, and we wanted to move on. Instant, fast service. Instant gratification. Instant gramming. Wherein, I suppose, the idea of the name resides or comes from. This narrative has shifted. We pay more attention. We seem to be slowing down a little bit. We seem to have more interest in other people's 
stories and other people's views in their opinions, perhaps in their levels of education, because that in turn allows us to learn. So by spending time with Jordan Peterson's lecture, who routinely now sells out audiences of two, three, five thousand people, which is musicians, mid-level musicians, holy grail is to sell out an arena of up to 5,000, give or take, people. You have to have a name in the industry. Is one person who travels the world at this point talking about his perspective of humanity. And he sells out the halls. Now, you may think that, based on what I'm saying, that I'm a diehard Peterson fan. I'm not. I disagree with a lot of his views. I certainly, as aforementioned, I'm not sharing his views on the existence of God. I likely never will. I'm too much of what I would call a pragmatist and realist. However, I absolutely value, to the degree that I can even explain, his intellectual ability to present, his ability to string words into coherent sentences, which given today's political environment, without naming any names, uh, although I would like to reference the color orange, has become a novelty. We have not been exposed in the last two years to intellectually strung out and well thought out and put together sentences that have coherency and foundation and intellectual readedness, if you will. And I think we are hungry. I think we are hungry for more. We are hungry to leave the instant gratification piece behind, the hyperbole behind. I think we are hungry to go deeper. We are hungry to, to just have a little bit more. Now, what more is? Well, let's see. What is more? It's a good question because more for every one of us becomes very subjective. It's sort of the premise of I want more that I can fit within the context of the time that I have available at this point in time. So more, maybe very short-lived, more maybe a five-minute drive and then an incremental listen to whatever podcast you're listening to. And then but during the next drive, you come back to where you pause the podcast. Or it may be something where you say, I have an hour or two to kill. Let's do something that is of interest. And sure, we can scroll through endless hours of Facebook messages and let us draw in by YouTube or perhaps scroll through our Instagram feed. But I do believe that we are looking for more, more depth, more immersion. And this is where the aforementioned storytelling comes in. So for instance, one of the podcasts slash YouTube channels that is rising in popularity is Tom Bilyeu with um, Impact Theory. He is the founder of Quest Nutrition Bars, which he since departed from. And he's out on his mission to talk to interesting people. And he films it, he brings it on YouTube, and then they drop the audio into a podcast. Seth Godin has his own podcast now. He doesn't do as much speaking. He has very few YouTube recordings. I don't think he actually has a channel of, of his own. That's probably subject to come pretty soon. But he has a podcast that goes into the 20, 25-minute range. It's comprised of his short narrative and then answering questions from the previous podcast. By the way, it's called Akimbo. That's A-K-I-M-B-O. Certainly worth listening to. Seth Gordon goes deep. He 
talks at length about his perspectives, about, about his interpretations. Not all of what he says is true, but it's true to him, and that's what matters because that's how he crafts the story. The same goes for Adam Grant, Dr. Adam Grant, the, I would say, infamous uh, organizational psychologist out of the Wharton School of Business. He talks about organizational psychology through work life, which is, by the way, a TEDx or a TED-sponsored and supported podcast. So to get to that level is obviously not easy to begin with, but he gets the opportunity to talk about work life for 30 minutes, give or take. Long-form content, content that is of interest, content that tells a story, and content that is deeper than anything we've seen come, that we've come across in the last, I would say, probably 15 years, give or take. So the technological, revol technological revolution that we've undergone has, I think, exposed us to the notion that we wanted to shortcut our lives. Rem remember the idea of hacking things? I think hacking things is slowly but surely giving way to the idea of, well, a hack, if you will, is not truly a hack. A hack is something that you have figured out to approach the point B from your present point A, and through your teachings, I can speed up my progress, my process of getting to point B. Now, and if that's the case, and if that's what we want to call hacking, then we've been hacking ever since we formalized education or apprenticeships, because all it really means is that I'm teaching you something that I have found out to be of value, to be of, if you will, speeding up to shortcut a process it's not hacking hacking essentially means to chop things up and then somehow hope and figure out how to make something just quicker but that's not truly hacking that's learning so we've learned all along so where does this leave me in the wrap-up of this particular recording to be honest, this was free-flowing. This was about my findings, what I've noticed in the world, that we're going away from short-form content to intermediate or long-form content. Something that is certainly supported by, encouraged through, and then distributed with podcasting, with the change of social media, with media in itself, with consumption itself. And personally, for somebody who likes to go out on long and outdrawn conversations and discussions, this is certainly something that serves me personally rather well because I'm a talking head. That's what I do. This recording is going on 23 minutes and I'm slowly but surely spiraling out of control. And I totally get it. So it may not be interesting to listen to anymore because it is not a well-put-together lecture. But that was also not the intent. The intent was to talk about what I believe to have seen and how I believe that the human condition is changing and adapting to become perhaps a little bit more of who we are again. Now, with that, I bid you goodbye. This was today's recording. This is the human condition. My name is Michael. The music was done by Tofa Williams Studios out of beautiful Fargo, North Dakota. And I will catch you next time. <laughs>